Have you been feeling stuck and uncertain about what your purpose, calling, mission, or passions in life are and wondering if it's too late to figure them out now? Do you find it hard to be optimistic about your schedule and the daily grind? Do you wonder what's missing? In this episode, I'll share several tactical steps you can take to discover these things. I even break them down so you can better understand them and begin to create a vision of your life moving forward. You'll find momentum and joy again as you start intentionally creating the life you want and as you begin to create a life for yourself that you've likely been helping others do for so long. Let's go find your clarity. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Hello and welcome to episode eight, the best ways to discover your purpose, passion, calling and vision in life in any stage. So I'm talking to you if you are older, if your kids are grown. I'm talking to you if you are new to parenting, if you don't have kids, whatever it is, in any stage. Today we're going to help you figure out how you can find those things, your purpose, passion, calling, and vision. So listen closely. There's a lot to cover but really fantastic things. So have you ever felt really threadbare and discouraged? Kind of wondering why you still feel discontent with life when you may have so much of what you want already, and maybe even more than what you expected. Maybe you feel guilty that you're not always happy, and you're trying to shove that feeling down, or even maybe frost it with some positivity so that you don't have to come face-to-face with the discomfort of those thoughts. Well, you are not alone. I can't tell you how many of my clients, both men and women, come to me and share that even after they've achieved several of their dreams, they find themselves somewhat unhappy. And it can be really confusing. Maybe you finished a degree or even two. Or maybe you have the family you want or the job. Maybe you have the house or the neighborhood or all of them. Then why do you still feel empty? Well, that is a great question. I want to talk about my story a little bit. There was a time when I was still a young mother. I had all of my kids in school but one, and I was just struggling. I had been for a while, like I couldn't find my groove. I remember trying to distract myself with things like meals and playdates and book clubs and exercise. All of which can be good and they're not necessarily bad, but they weren't 
filling that hole that I was looking to fill. And I didn't know what to do. And there was a little while where I got pretty depressed. I didn't know where to turn. And during this time, my husband was in his master's program and he was very overwhelmed himself. So we both were a little bit lost. And I remember feeling like this, like I just described. I get that unhappy, empty feeling. Now, I was doing this a little bit blind. I didn't have a lot of resources. So it took me a couple years to really figure it out. Just a lot of trial and error. And for me, I remember just journaling a lot and exploring. And it felt like one step was lit ahead of me, and that was it. But I kept going. I kept trying. And eventually it led to the idea that I needed to go back to school. And that's something that I really wanted to do really since I had finished my bachelor's. But it just felt too crazy with my husband in school. But he had graduated at that point and it had been about a year. And I was ready to do it. But we still had a child at home and a lot of craziness already with the kids. And it wasn't an easy decision, but once I went down that path, I felt purpose again. I felt excited. Now, that doesn't mean that all those steps along the way were easy. They definitely were not. And there were a lot of bumps in the road. The first main bump was getting my husband on board, especially because most of our married life had been filled with one of us in being in school and it was not easy <laughs> to say the least. It was going to be hard and we were still financially struggling due to so much schooling and there would be even more now. I needed to figure out babysitting sometimes and navigate night school while Joel covered a lot of the things from the kids like sports and plenty of other things, homework, all those things, dinner. Ultimately, I did go back to school, and it was hard on so many levels, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I actually somewhat hated my master's compared to my bachelor's, which I wasn't expecting, because I love learning. But the politics involved, it was a struggle. I felt very alone and so tired for years. <laughs> I determined I wasn't going to get us into any more debt, so for most of schooling for my master's, I got up at 3 or 4 a.m. to teach English to Chinese kids. I really was perpetually exhausted and probably impatient and short-tempered, unfortunately. I even ended up homeschooling my kids for a year of that time, and I graduated a semester early, mostly to save money and to spare my family another semester of insanity. <laughs> and, to be honest, just to get out of there quickly. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, I thought school would be the answer, but it ends up that it was just another stepping stone to get me where I was supposed to be. I needed to go back to school to get more pieces of the puzzle that I couldn't have gotten in any other way. I needed to experience an advanced degree and the politics of it to understand that being a professor was not for me. And I needed to experience the discomfort of being led by people I didn't agree with to teach me that I really wanted to be my own boss. And that wasn't just through school, but that was several internships, that was a job. Even though there's some great people along the way, 
I found out vital lessons that I needed to learn. And through the struggle, I gathered those pieces together and they helped me discover more of my purpose, my calling, and my mission. So I examined all those little puzzle pieces and I started to develop a vision of what I needed to do. And again, that was over time. That wasn't just sit down, figure it all out. Although if I had the tools that I do now, I think I could have done that in a much shorter time. As a matter of fact, I know that I could have, but I didn't know what I know now, right? I ran a women's retreat in December, and in that I created this workbook, and I just poured my heart and soul into it, trying to figure out all the tools that have helped me and what I would teach women about how to become their best selves and how to ignite their life. And in that, I did teach about calling, purpose, mission, and vision, all of these things. And I want to share some of those concepts with you because it really can be pretty elusive. It's, I found that I didn't even know what the definitions were or even how they were different. So I want to share some of those things with you right now. So a calling is a strong urge toward a particular way of life or a strongly felt aim, ambition, or mission. So really, a mission and a calling are somewhat interchangeable. It's just that strong urge towards something. So that ambition that you might feel in your heart. There is one quote by Oprah Winfrey that I love. She said, There is no greater gift you can give or receive than to honor your calling. It's why you were born and how you become most truly alive. Don't you love that? How we become most truly alive and why we were born. So that's what your calling is, right? We are looking for that information that will help us understand why we were born and how we can become most truly alive. So our purpose is the reason for which something is created. To know your reason or the pursuit of a passion or goal or to be aware of your potential. So I know a lot of these have a lot of gospel significance, but I'm not really talking here about, well, we were born to learn and to grow and to return to our Heavenly Father, although that is a part of it for sure, especially that learning and growing. Like, what is it that we're most passionate about and that we can help the most people with? And I'll go into that a little more in just a second. There was one thing I had the women do at the retreat, and it's just very simple. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I was watching this TED Talk. Adam Leipzig, I think is how you pronounce it. But there was a TED Talk where he shared this little formula of what you can do to find your purpose. So number one is, who are you? Two, what do you do? Three, who do you do it for? And four, what do those people want and need? Oh, and five. How do they change as a result? So this is super simple and just a very basic way to figure out what your purpose might be. And if you don't have that thing yet that you do, then you might have to use your imagination here. So for me, it might be something simple like, I'm Kendra and I'm a therapist and coach for Latter-day Saint women and couples who need fulfillment so they can have lasting joy. That would just be a very basic, what is my purpose? But that took a while to develop. Like it took me 
creating and it took me journaling and it took me honestly getting some counseling and doing different things that helped me clarify that more and more. But it was definitely an active thing that I had to be doing. There's a quote by Rick Warren that I really like that I also shared at the women's retreat that said, if you want to find your purpose in life, find your wound. And I shared how when I had heard this quote, how I was really struck immediately by it and I just paused and I felt this moment where I knew that this was an important question to ask myself and I knew I needed to get still. And I thought about it for a minute and I realized that my wound was what I had mentioned to you a few times on this podcast about both my brother and my dad dying tragically. I was very much affected by them leaving too early, as I had mentioned before. And I knew that I wanted to help people overcome their fears and live a full and fulfilling life. Now, I wouldn't have discovered that without my wounds, and I wish those things didn't have to happen, but they did. And they've taught me so much about what I want to do in this world and who I want to help and how I can find the most joy and fulfillment personally. All right, the last definition I want to give you is passion. So passion is the intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Obviously, I'm sure you pretty much know what that is. When I was at the women's retreat, one of the things I asked them to do was to fill out this worksheet that I created about your passion and purpose. And this is what it said. Because I'm telling you this because I want you to sketch this out and do it yourself. And I will also try to have this available online in the future. This is, these are the directions. One way to help clarify your purpose or calling in life is to explore your passions and interests. As you intentionally plan your life around these things that fill you with joy, you'll clarify your purpose along the way. Below, write down seven things you're most passionate about and give it a score from one to ten, or low to high. Then write why it's fulfilling to you. So this is just one of the exercises I had them do. And as they did that, they started to notice some patterns. Like, okay, I like exercising because it improves mental health and increases confidence. And I love that. And maybe with some of the other things they were passionate about, they realized those same things. So because of that pattern that they noticed, then they were able to recognize certain topics or themes that were things that they really wanted to make a priority in their life to learn about or to get educated in or to start creating something around those things. Maybe it's a business, maybe it's more education, whatever that might be. So then we just talked about those patterns and those insights and started to develop a vision like I had talked about earlier. So another exercise I had them do was what I talked about in that quote was to explore their wounds and what they've learned from their wounds that might help them get a better idea of their vision as well. So there's a bunch of journaling that we did throughout this retreat. One other exercise that you can do that's pretty simple is you can create a vision statement. 
I know I've resisted these myself in the past, but when you just think of it as clarifying your own personal vision, it helps. So the little descriptor I had for this was the following. A personal vision statement describes your personal values, strengths, and goals. It can be focused on personal or professional goals and directs you towards long-term dreams. Write your thoughts about a possible personal vision statement below, then choose one for the year. It is simply a statement of what you will do and attract throughout the coming year. Remember that this is a draft and can be changed as needed. Lean in and let go of perfectionism. Go for B work. You will be regularly refining your vision over time. So I really want you to focus on that too, that B work. Sometimes we get so bogged down by having it be perfect and nice and pretty, putting it up on our wall, when there's going to be so many little steps along the way that will create a fork in the road and you will choose to go a way that maybe you didn't expect. So this is, think of it as like continuous rough draft. It's always going to be edited and added to and taken away and it might be, look a little messy. Just embrace that, okay? I know it's hard to do. So that was a second activity. And one of the last ones I want to share with you is just creating a future self snapshot. So I asked them to, whether it was draw a picture or write out a bunch of traits, I wanted them to visualize what they were going to look like in a year and what they were going to look like in five years and really get specific about what that looked like. There's a quote by Audrey Flack, and she said, visualize what you want to do before you do it. Visualization is so powerful that when you know what you want, you will get it. I love that. I actually lied, I'm gonna tell you one other thing I had them do, and this one I just love, but I don't think a lot of them did it because it requires a few steps. But in my opinion, this was the most powerful Thing that you could do. They basically made a video and talked to themselves in one year and just said all of the things they thought that they were going to accomplish and congratulated them on accomplishing those things and shared everything that they thought and felt about that future self in one year. And then I had them email it to themselves so you can future send an email so that it will show up in their inbox a year from then to be able to see if what they what they wrote and all those things that they had worked on, on refining their vision and becoming their best selves or their future selves, if they will really have attracted those things because of all those visualizations and those steps that they had taken to create that person. So I love that. I actually did that and I want to continue doing that because that is a very powerful tool. So hopefully one of those will resonate with you and you'll be willing to do some of those things. Again, these are free therapeutic tools that you can use for your benefit. If you choose not to, that's fine. Some of us maybe don't like homework. And yet that's what is going to accelerate your growth and development. So it's really up to you if you want to do those things or not. It kind of reminds me of the quote I shared the other day from Immaculate Ilbigazia that last part that said, it's up to us to do the walking. The definition of vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Or it's a vivid mental image of what the future will or could be like. There's a few quotes that I love that I want to share with you that are just really brief. One is by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said, create a vision of who you want to be and then live into that picture as if it were already true. Don't you love that? 
create that vision of who you want to be and then live into that picture as if it were already true. So if you do that exercise that I talked about, about drawing or writing down how you want to be in one year or five years, or maybe you make a video to your future self, in that you're creating a vision and then living it as if it were already true. That is how you find your purpose, your calling. That's how you figure out your mission. Another one says, make your vision so clear that your fears become irrelevant. That's by Corinne Ray. So your fears become irrelevant. Remember, I do not like being in the spotlight. I never like spectator sports. I like to do my own thing. I don't like to hear the opinions of others when it's really opinionated and meant to tear down. Not that that's what most people will do, but there's always a little bit of fear in that when you go really public. But the bigger picture, the bigger vision makes those fears irrelevant. Not always, but mostly. (laughs) So the same can be said of you, and hopefully you're imagining what that is for you. Another one is by Robin Sharma. What you focus on grows, what you think about expands, and what you dwell upon determines your destiny. I love that. This determines your destiny, what what you focus on, what you think about. So what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about that calling, that purpose, that vision? Are you willing to take that action step forward? And one last quote. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. I know I say I love this, but I I really love all of them. I mean, I'm picking them out, right? (laughs) But are you more committed to your dreams than you are your comfort zone? Because truly, I don't think most of us are, which is why most of us live an unfulfilled life. That's why most of us are feeling depressed or anxious or unfulfilled. This is why we're struggling in life, why we're not thriving, because we're not searching for our purpose, our calling, our mission. What is it for you? What do you find that you're really passionate about? What have been some wounds and what do they teach you about yourself and your purpose and your calling? How has that helped your vision grow? And again, you are not expected to have all of the pieces of the puzzle. As a matter of fact, you can't until you start taking some action steps and showing some faith and start trusting in that intuition and that spirit and that guidance. Are you following that voice? I encourage you to do those baby steps. I know I always go back to baby steps, but do those things. Do that 1%. That will help you find your purpose, passion, and calling. That will increase your vision. I know that as you do, you will find more joy in your life. And I'm so excited to hear what you've come up with. Please go on Facebook. Please go on Instagram. Let me know what they are. Share your successes. I'm not always great about responding things when I'm in creation mode, but I have that on my future self list. And I really want to support the things that you are doing. And if I cannot be that person all the time, I hope you have an accountability buddy or a loved one that is 
right there with you, helping you become your best self. And that is helping you reach your full potential. There are so many great things ahead for you as you do this. So in closing, just remember, be more committed to your dreams than you are your comfort zone so that you can start to find your vision and honor that calling, that purpose, and those passions. All right, once again, my friends, please, oh, please, oh, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that I can reach more people and that I can fulfill my calling in life. I need your support to do those things. And please visit me on Facebook or Instagram and let me know your successes. Also, don't forget to go to fulfillmenttherapy.org and sign up for Igniting Life. Again, this is that 12-week course that will really help you ignite your life and help you find that purpose, that calling, and really clarify that vision if you're struggling to do it yourself. And then there will be a lot of other tools to help with mental health and wellness and how to create the thriving life that you want to. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you back here soon. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.